It's your daily episode-by-episode podcast where we discuss the show Supernatural. I am your host, Dan, and with me as always... Is his wife, Penny. And we are here today. We missed a day, unfortunately, but we'll get to it today. Um, How are you doing today, though, Uh, before we get into it? (laughs) Okay. My shoulder's bothering me today, so... Yeah, your shoulder's been hurting you. But you made uh, breakfast, which was awesome. French toast. Yay, me. Can we talk about that sausage really quick? (laughs) If you want to. I thought it tasted funny, and then you said, and then I offered you a piece, and you're like, how is it? I'm like, terrible. And then you took a bite, and you picked out the flavor perfectly. Hot dog. It tasted like little campfire hot dogs. It did. We're trying to not eat pork, so I bought some chicken sausage thought yeah i'll try it yeah not like, good no it was like eating a hot dog for breakfast which is never never good i don't think anyway well the dogs loved it though anyways. yeah <laughs> i don't know isn't that weird yeah hot dog that's not the sausage you want you want a good breakfast sausage but then like chicken and waffles that's perfectly delicious though too yes it is uh, yeah i don't know it's something just about but maybe I don't think hot dogs and waffles would be good. No, and maybe because you're not expecting it to taste like a, a hot dog, you're expecting it to have that sagey breakfast sausage type taste. Yeah, sage. That's the seasoning it was missing. Yes, definitely. Huh. All right. Well, let's get into this episode then. Uh, I don't. It's season three, episode thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. It's called Ghost Facers. The uh, recap starts off, and uh, it shows a bit of backstory, but then uh, those Ghostbusters guys, uh, the fake Ghostbuster guys, we s- those are, they're in the recap, though. Yes, because they were in um, Season 1, Episode 17, called Hell House with the Tulpa, and because of their website, the evil thing that they had to fight in that episode kept changing. So... Um, yeah, Sam and Dean, not fans of these people. And they yeah, they call themselves ghost facers because they're the real experts out there with their cameras and their video equipment and, you know, spirit boxes and stuff like that. So after the recap, then, this episode of Supernatural starts uh, with those two guys sitting, like, in chairs next to each other, dressed up all fancy, introducing their new show, called ghost facers it, they promise it's going to be the scariest hour of television <laughs> yes their characters are ed zedmore and harry spangler and then we see a f- a show opening for ghost facers i mean it's a show within a show uh for anyone that's wondering what the hell i'm talking about um we see ed and harry so after the opening for this ghost facers show uh, we see Ed and Harry get out of some cars with some briefcases. Uh, they're being interviewed like it's a reality show, documentary style. Just like one of those ghost hunter shows, pretty much. Uh, Ed is inside their hangout. He's calling the shots. Um, Matt, we learn that there's this other girl with them named Maggie, and she's Ed's adopted sister. And at this point, the whole thing is very Canadian television. <laughs> What's going on? Did you pick up on that? Uh, no, actually, I didn't. Uh, oh, this felt, I mean, the director, the the whole direction and everything, just the style of it, 
it felt just like Letter Kenny. It felt like um, Trailer Park Boys. It felt like a Canadian TV show. Well, pretty much that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, I guess they're filming in Vancouver, so that's what it is. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, it was really weird. But yeah, they're they're talking about um, pretty much the preliminaries of how they're ep- going to put their episode together. To I don't know if they're going to get it online or if they're going to try and sell it to someone to get it on uh, on the air, um, yeah, like on cable so- or something like that. Ed introduces a case at some big old house, and it's the case of the leap year ghost. Yes, it's called the Martin House. Every four years, it says every four years, it's the most haunted place in America. Yeah, midnight on leap year. It goes crazy in there, I guess. Uh, So Ed is um, talking about Corbin, and now he has the hots for Ed. Harry is talking about Corbin. Now he has the hots for Ed because they introduced this Corbin character who was just like an intern and he's just all dorky and falling over himself for Ed. Yeah, he is. Uh, his name is, yeah, Alan Corbett. Not Corbin, Corbett. Corbett. Okay, Corbett. Corbett. Uh, yeah, he's the intern. We got introduced to Maggie. She's um, Ed's adopted sister. And they were also introduced to someone they call Spruce. He's just another one of the geeks walking around with holding a camera so they're kind of like interviewing each other almost yeah yeah it's just like one of those ghost hunter shows oh exactly exactly and at this point the slapstick happens because all of a sudden uh the wall starts to move everything starts to rumble and you think oh my god they're being attacked by ghosts but really just like the one dude's dad's home and they're in the garage (laughs) and the garage door goes up (laughs) that they had all their stuff on yeah, Dad, we told you we needed the garage. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> uh, then we see a, fla- a blank screen and it says part two. Infiltration. Yeah, I didn't get all the uh, the little tag or title card. So if you got those, what was the first title card? You know, I didn't write that down. Oh, okay. I think it was just pretty much just planning or something. Planning or setup or something like that. Okay, so we see uh, Ed and Harry uh, running up to the house. Uh, it's surrounded by a huge fence. Obviously, some, they're not supposed to go in there. And they hear a car pull up, so they hide in some bushes, and it's the Winchesters uh, in Baby. And Sam is kind of looking around with a flashlight, and they drive off. Uh, all of the Ghost Facers group, a whole group that we met in the garage, they... Uh, Get past the fence into the house, and then they do an entire like setup montage of them putting <laughs> up all their camera gear and uh, all their equipment out. And I'm assuming that all the other ghost hunting shows probably do this segment too, huh? I would assume so. Yes, just to make sure, get the camera set up, check them on the laptop, make sure they're getting the video feed, making sure that uh, we should have watched one of those other shows. <laughs> yeah, we should have maybe. You know, making sure their audio and their video works, things like that. Yeah, the only one I ever saw was the one where they went to Joe Exotic's zoo. Um, but I think they had that sort of same segment where they set up all the equipment and explain it. Yeah. Uh, the whole group then, uh, they regroup back at the Eagle's Nest. That's <laughs> what they call like the main production central area of their setup. Yeah, so it's where they have 
most of their equipment set up to monitor the cameras, monitor the audio equipment, and things like that. And at this point, they decide they're going to go ahead and begin progress with their standard walkthrough procedure. And it pretty much involves, they have uh, cameras like strapped to their heads and lights and things like that. They have night vision, um, so they're just, yeah. I think three of them are carrying cameras, Maggie and Corbett and Spruce are all carrying cameras and Ed and Harry are kind of chalking them through it as they go through the house. So part three starts. Did you get the title card on that? Yes, it's called, uh, shoot, I just had it. Uh, three FaceTime. So Ed and Corbett are walking around, calling out to spirits in the house. Uh, they switch over to night view. We see another team there on the second floor. They're walking around with their EMP meters. EMF. EMF meters, whatever. Fake science meters. <laughs> uh, and they also have some sort of camera, digital camera, and it starts to go glitchy and cuts out. Um, and then there, one of them, I, whoever, is that Corbett the dork that can't get into the room? He goes and kicks the door and then someone just reaches in and turns the knob. Um, no, it was, I think it was Ed. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Well, yeah, Ed for tries to then kick a door in. He can't get it. And then someone just reaches in, opens it. There's a dead mouse on the floor. And then Ed goes running away, screaming his fool head off. <laughs> like, what is this? Yeah. They're pretty much scaring themselves at this point. Pretty much like on, I have watched these ghost hunter shows. And, yeah, they set up their equipment and they hear a little noise like, what's that? What's that? You know, they quick get the camera around and you never see or hear anything substantial. So, right. what a load of hooey. Uh, then we hear Dean yell, police, and uh, asks for IDs. Uh, but pretty so Sam and Dean, they're trying to act like they're cops busting all these guys. But the Ghost Facers guys, they realize or they recognize that they're from that Tex West Texas Hellhounds situation. Hellhouse, yes. Hellhouse. Well, their website that they had at the time was called Hellhounds, but they changed it now to Ghost Facers. All right. So, um,. Dean knows, Dean recognizes, I think it's Ed that's in there, and he knows that there's another guy, or either Harry's there and he knows that there's Ed, or there's Ed and he knows that there's Harry. Um, but basically, he knows that someone else, that there's more team members, and he's like, you guys got to leave. Get the hell out of here. You're in above your heads. Pretty much, yeah. You know, Sam and Dean, they're no nonsense. They have heard the, the lore, too, of the house. And as a matter of fact, they have, um, is this when Sam brings out the the missing posters and everything i can't remember i know i don't think so i think that's a little bit later okay on the second floor though we see that the em the emf stuff is happening to them and then we see a ghost get shot by someone it's like it's kind of like there's a film loop running in the middle of the room and it looks all they it looks old timey like someone back in the day got shot and then it just kind of glitches out and repeats very odd <laughs> yeah we've never seen this kind of ghost before just the repeating ghost no we haven't so naturally they all freak out and they're like oh we caught one we caught one we caught one and they all go running downstairs so this is when dean tells them that they will vanish tonight a lot of other people have vanished like this thing is no joke 
this thing swallows up people. People go missing when they come around here on leap years. Right. Yes, and that's when Sam brings out all the information he had with the the posters for the missing people. And and Harry, like, oh, is this for real? I kind of think they thought it was all a hoax and they weren't really going to get anything. Right. Um, but no, Sam being like, no, this stuff is real. Well, that right, right now, when they're having that conversation, the group from the second floor comes running down the stairs, <laughs> screaming their fool heads off. <laughs> yep. Uh, and they check the video, and sure enough, they have video of this ghost being shot repeatedly. Uh, Sam and Dean kind of peel off from the group, uh, looking at the video, and they start talking about death echoes. And they explain it, that spirits can just get stuck in a loop. Yes, and it usually happens um, where they died, but there was no record of anyone dying by gunshot in that house. Where, where they died or where they lived, isn't that what he said sometimes? I can't remember. I know exactly. He said where they died for sure. I didn't catch that part. Uh, but Sam and Dean, though, now they are like, now that there's video evidence, they see what they're up against. They are like, okay, honestly, it is time for you guys to leave. Get yes out and they're basically shoving everyone out the door like and again it's very comical you know it's it's kind of like a scene out of a comedy movie where you got to get the relatives out (laughs) pushing them out to go do something yes it seems like just a lot of chaos in this episode I, i i like literally i think dean's arms are out like shooing them out the like oh like uh, getting a popular bar at 2 a.m. when the <laughs> bouncers are just shoving people out. We've had enough of you here standing around, taking up time. You need to leave. And then uh, I think Sam's the one that notices that, or Dean is like, hey, where's Corbett? Right. Well, and I put at this point all the doors still shut. So I didn't notice that yes, at this I did. point. Yes, because... Um, then Dean made the comment, oh, no one's getting up. For some reason, the spirit that's here wants everyone in here. So. Okay. Well, we see Corbett is upstairs, and his equipment goes out. Like, all of his, his flashlight and stuff goes out. But they show us the night vision. I guess everything except the camera and the night, the night vision camera went out. Because then we see a big spooky spirit, like, hanging out behind him. And I think it goes to commercial at that point. Yeah, sorry. not for us, but <laughs> I think you know when it advertised. Sorry, I had to get up and let Buddy out. Um, yes, I think so too. It went to commercial, but at one point there was another death echo. Um, it looked like someone was killed by a train. Uh, that I, hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened. Never mind. I'm way ahead of myself. Maybe I wrote sucky notes. Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> back, so then we come back from commercial, and downstairs we hear Corbett screaming, and we see that it looks like Corbett is being pulled into the walls or something. It's very confusing. It's just like night vision camera and him getting yanked somewhere that he doesn't want to go. Yes. Sam and Dean are arguing, and Sam notices that all the doors and windows are sealed. Or Dean notices. That's when Dean noticed that they were all sealed. Okay. Uh, All their equipment starts to go crazy again. Dean and Ed compare notes. Dean runs... No, uh, what is my note here? Dean (laughs) runs other and tries to wake up... Oh, yeah, so they're standing in front of this ghost like it's getting repeated, and Dean runs over to it and is like, hey, wake up. 
hey, Mr. Ghost, pay attention to me, trying to get its attention, then that's the ghost. No, wait, that was not the ghost that was getting shot over and over. That was just some ghost not paying attention. Dean was trying to wake it up, and then it got hit by a train and vanished. Yes. That's the the train ghost. And Dean says sometimes that these spirits don't know they're dead, and therefore if you can kind of connect with them, they'll realize that they're dead and they'll move on. Yep. Uh, then everyone wanders into a new room that they haven't been in yet, and it's full of animal trophy heads. Uh, Sam finds notes about someone. I didn't quite pick up on who these special notes were about, but Sam found it interesting, and Dean found finds a bunch of army rations. Ed's upset because he thinks they should be looking harder for Corbett, and just Sam and Dean are kind of looking around for clues, basically. Right. And to me, at this point, I wrote in my notes that this whole place looks like a bomb shelter. It seems like this guy was an end-of-the-world weirdo. Yes, he was. I, I can't remember what year he died, but I think the Cold War was still going on. So, yeah, he had pretty much stockpiled up enough stuff that if there was any nuclear holocaust, then... He Wasn't was there some sort of, like, anti-communist propaganda, too, that they found, or anti-Russian something or other? Probably. Be right back. Got to get Buddy in now. <laughs> yeah, let the dog in. So then Dean finds uh, three toe tags tucked away, and that explains the death echoes. There's bodies hidden someplace in this house, three bodies hidden someplace in this house, and those spirits aren't moving on. Yeah. At this point, there's a huge EMF surge, and Sam vanishes. Yes, Sam's there one minute. Boop, gone. And then this fake show intro exit whatever is like ghost facers <laughs> and a big splash screen it's so silly yes uh i think though where did i yell at you like oh my god when is this show ever gonna start i think it was before this scene you like part three i was so annoyed by this episode because it was taking so long to do anything and it wasn't until like this part of this episode that really things started moving it starts so slow it does, because it takes a long time to set... Oh, for the love of God, buddy. It takes a long time to set up the Ed and Harry character show. I think that's when you're like, okay, let's get to Sam and Dean. Let's get to what's going on here. Let's not just set up this pretend show that we know doesn't really exist. Yep. So we come back from the Ghost Facers uh, splash screen, and everyone is like calling out for Sam and Corbett. And it's so silly because like everyone's just one or two rooms apart, just yelling, Sam, Corbett, Sam. <laughs> I'm like, if everyone shut up, you might be able to hear them. They might be calling back and you can't even hear them. Exactly. We see that Maggie is very scared. And I think Harry screams. Oh, Harry starts scamming on her. Yeah, Maggie's scared and then. Harry starts uh, making moves on her. Ed then catches Harry making moves with his adopted sister, and they start fighting. (laughs) Dean comes in, breaks up the fight, and Ed storms off. I don't understand any of this stupid plot line. It's stupid, and I wish they had just cut it all out. Yeah, it's just like, you know, um, Harry and Maggie. Well, Maggie was scared. Harry was trying to comfort her, and they start making out. I'm assuming because Harry and Ed are our best friends. Well, even Ed said that. How can my best friend and my best adopted sister get together? Yeah, but it's your adopted sister. 
get out of here. It's none of your business. So I'm assuming they've known each other a long time. It just took this moment of them both being scared where they just started making out. And why people do that is oh, beyond no. me. Oh, no. These people have been fuck buddies for years. I don't know. They're just looking for an, yeah, they were just looking for an empty room. I don't know. Could be. Could be. And, uh, yeah, Ed finally caught him in the act. I think that's what's happening. Uh, yeah, well, what is that whole thing? In big stress, big scary situations, that's when you want to make out and have sex? Yeah, it seems like it happens all the time, like The Walking Dead and things like that. And you're like, no, that's the worst time because that's when the zombies are going to come get you. Yeah, you know, um, definitely. Like if we were stranded out in the middle of a blizzard with no hope of survival, let's just start doing it. And what a more romantic time. <laughs> get real. Yeah, I agree. It's such a dumb cliche that they put in movies and i don't know why because i don't think it's real whatsoever um we see that someone walks up behind we see that corbett is alive he's like sitting at a table tied up someone walks then behind corbett and stabs him through the neck it's pretty gruesome and terrifying well before that happens though you know we see sam tied up on the op tied up on the opposite side of the table and he's trying to talk corbett like Calm down, don't worry. But yeah, then the spirit does go behind Corbett and kills him. Dean and the gang then talk about the guy that lives there. Dean figures that there must be a bomb shelter someplace, and he heads towards the basement. Because there's been enough clues that this guy's a Yeah, he said he was loony. a Cold War prepper, so... Yeah. Uh, well, so while they're heading downstairs, a door slams between them. Uh, obviously there's a spirit or something that doesn't want them to be together. Dean yells through the door to go get his, go get his book bag, get the salt out, draw a circle, and then get inside of it. Get inside the circle of salt, not the book bag. Yeah. They, <laughs> there's this whole, like this whole thing has just got wacky comedy built in. Well, you know, because Ed and Harry aren't the brightest bulbs on the Christmas tree. So, yeah, they're like, what? We'd salt and then get in the bag. And Sam's like, or Dean's like, no, get inside the circle of salt. You'll be safe there. So, yeah, Ed, Harry, and Maggie are cut off from Dean and Spruce. Spruce still has the camera on Dean. Dean keeps walking down to the basement uh, looking for the bomb shelter. And then we s hear the cameraman filming Dean Ask him about the two months thing. Because earlier, the cameraman caught Sam and Dean talking about how he only had two months to live. Right. So <laughs> Spruce is assuming he's got some sort of terminal disease. Like, oh, is it cancer? Uh, yeah, I think Dean just tells him to shut up or something. Pretty right? much. Uh, in the basement, though, Dean hears music coming out from behind a shelf. So he moves the shelf aside, breaks open the door just in time to save Dean. Sam. Sam, gosh darn it. Because Just in time to save Sam, and Dean shoots at the ghost, but it vanishes. Well, that's why he shot, he shot it with rock salt, because it was, it was preparing to do to Sam what it just did to, to Corbett. It was preparing to kill Sam, so Dean shot it with the rock salt, made it disappear, and therefore Sam is alive and well. The camera pans around, and we see a bunch of other old dead people that previously must have been taken down there and had their throats stabbed. They were just hanging out there for like a birthday party. And they figure that this guy's real problem was loneliness. Yeah, I don't think it was that they were killed the same way. Because remember, he's, he worked at a, he was a janitor in a hospital in 
found those toe tags. So I think that was the three original bodies oh, okay. that he They'll, had taken from the morgue. Yeah, they say that he took bodies from the morgue and uh, to create a birthday party for himself. Right. But, I mean, people have been vanishing there for, for quite a while, so I assume that he keeps adding new bodies and throwing out the old bodies. That could be. Maybe, though, but, yeah, that could be. I mean. Because. They're, they mentioned that a lot of other people have vanished there. Well, I assume that they're all ending up in the basement at the birthday party. They're ending up somewhere. <laughs> Not yeah. where they want to be, that's for sure. Yeah, you thought there would be a lot more people at that birthday. A lot more mummies hanging about at that birthday party. Because <laughs> like, the people were propped up were like all mummified. Yeah, they had been there for a while, for sure. They didn't rot. They were uh, nicely dried into jerky people. <laughs> uh, okay, so then uh, we see then the ghost of Corbett shows up. Upstairs at this point. Yeah. Ed wants to help him, so he steps out of the salt ring and starts walking over to him. We see Sam and the Dean are in the basement trying to get out. And now here's, we. I call him the party guy. He's the ghost that was at the party that stabbed live Corbett in the neck. And he's just a big goonie looking guy. Obviously the owner of the house that was the prepper, I'm guessing. Yes. Uh, so a party guy comes back and Dean shoots him with rock salt and he vanishes again. At this point, it seems like Corbett, ghost Corbett with a big neck wound. It looks like he wants Ed sexually so that Ed, mm. so Ed to free him, he has to blow him. I mean, that is what's all implied here. And I'm just <laughs> like, what is going on? No, no, no. Corbett was stuck in his death loop, so he kept, you know, dying repeatedly, repeatedly. And that's when Harry's like, Ed, Corbett had feelings for you. You're going to have to go and try and get him out of this death loop. You're going to have to go talk to him, try to reach him. It had nothing to do with wanting to blow him. And look at his sec- <laughs> he, Corbett was reliving his death. It had nothing to do with sexuality. Just the I, fact okay, that- well, I got confused by that whole scene because he was making facial expressions and grunting, and I had no idea. Because what? he was reliving his death over okay, and over Okay, I get again. that, but to free him, he, Corbett loved Ed, and to free him, like, what does Ed got to go do? Just, <laughs> Unzip his fly? It was just very confusing. Ha, ha, ha. So Ed steps back towards Corbett and talks to him about how much he meant to him, how much he meant to the team. He tells him that he loves him, and Ed asks Corbett for help. It's all very cheesy and schmucky and not fun <laughs> party guy comes back and then corbett runs and tackles him and they both vanish in a big flash of light yeah ghost corbett was able to get rid of ghost uh the owner of the house was freeman daggett so ghost corbett got rid of ghost daggett and then everyone was yay we all lived well except for corbett Yeah, everyone gets thrown to the ground. They all slowly pick themselves up. And then we go back to a cheesy recap that is like the very first scene where uh, Ed and Harry were in fancy chairs wearing overly fancy clothes, trying to talk fancy. We go back to that scene, and then they start doing just the cheesiest recap. We lost a friend. We gained allies. Uh, We're forced to... Face our most dangerous enemies, each are are the most dangerous spirits, each other, some nonsense. War changes men and one (laughs) woman. I mean, they go on and on, and you're just like, shut up with all of these. This is all the nonsense. 
I think they listen, they watched a bunch of those ghost shows, and these are all those nonsense statements that you hear at the end. Probably, yeah, because um, it was definitely the kind of like the closing of their show. Uh, this is the footage we have. This is what happened. We dedicate this to Corbett. Yeah, Corbett, we weren't teaching you. You were teaching us. I mean, it goes <laughs> on and on. It's just like, shut up. Yeah, Harry and Ed, uh, you can only take those two in small doses. I was ready to turn the TV off. <laughs> Luckily, we were towards the end of the episode. You didn't have to. So then, uh, found footage style, we see a confessional moment with Corbett. And he says that tonight, all of our dreams are going to come true. Uh, which, okay, you're going to be in a dark house with your guy that you're in love with? What are you talking about? They're dreams of actually catching spirits. No, I think it was for him to fall in love with Ed. No, I don't think so. I think the dream comes true. This episode is, is a lot gayer than you're giving it <laughs> credit for. No, it's not. Well, then we pull back and we see Sam and Dean are watching a TV set and all these ghost facers jokers, they're all like all sitting around previewing it with them. And uh, so Sam and Dean, they go and leave ghost facers HQ. <laughs> they say that they're very happy about the footage, but we see that Dean left a bag behind. We already know it's going to happen. It's uh, all of a sudden their computers go wacky, their cameras erase, all their electronics are ruined because Dean left an EMP device inside and it fried everything. And then Dean goes and admits that he liked the show, actually, yeah, even though he just deleted it. It wasn't half bad. You have to realize the previous episode, they were both declared officially dead. There is no way they could let anyone see that footage. Of them alive after that. Here's the problem, though. If they had to burn that footage to a DVD, an EMP device isn't going to fry a DVD. True, true. Like Maybe anything magnetic or on your computer or, you know, solid-state hard drives. But if you, yeah, if you wrote that to uh, optical media, a CD or DVD or a Blu-ray, it's not going right. to be damaged. So. Right. so obviously they didn't get a chance to do that yet. I guess they're going to have to go back and scratch all their CDs. <laughs> Here's one that just says Tiffany Mix. <laughs> scratch it up. Oh, they might have hidden it on there. <laughs> Shouldn't be listening to that music anyways. That's true. Um, so I don't. Did you like this episode? I did because... It started out very funny and very cheesy, but then it ended very sad with, you know, Corbett dying. Um, I like the episode for its comedy value. Some of the stuff just went too long. I, I get it that, I guess I get it now that the whole entry, that the whole opening part that was long and tedious for me was all meant to be satire of those shows and how ridiculous and long and stupid it is. Yes, exactly. So I guess I get it now, and I, if I rewatched it with that in mind, I'd probably find a lot more humor in it. But at the time, I was just like, oh, can we get to Sam and Dean and fighting monsters? <laughs> um, and I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm telling you, I think this, oh, you see your lights blinking in and out. No, it's not. It is. I'm watching my voice on the thing, and it's fine. Okay. Well, my eyes just saw that light bulb go out. So if your voice dropped, then don't. Was I speaking when you saw it blink, or were you speaking? You were speaking. No, I wasn't. Okay, well. Anyway. I'm keeping my peepers on. <laughs> okay, you go ahead and do that. Um. So I guess it, you know it's it's fine. I th I th I 
I guess. The Ed and Corbett love triangle didn't need to happen. And then, you know, what's the whole thing with... Uh, yeah, so it was... it was, And then the, the love triangle between the sister and the brother. What was that about? Why do we have two love triangles in this episode that don't pan out to anything? I don't see any love triangle. Triangle includes a third person. Just Harry and Maggie started making out, and Corbett had the hots for Ed. That's all. No triangle. Okay, you're right. There is no triangle. <laughs> uh, why does there have to be love connections between this crew? This crew is never going to stay together like this. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna have awkward moments. They're not going to be getting along. Yeah, this isn't good. That may be true. <sighs> one of them is going to fart on the other one while they're going down, <laughs> and they won't be able to talk to them for a day <laughs> and a half. And. That's just going to ruin the dynamic in the <laughs> Ghost Facers headquarters. Um, I, I don't Fine. You know, we, I get it that this is a comedy episode. And really, it had zero to do with the overall story other than the mention of the two months thing. Yes, you're right. This was a one-off episode. So that guy was a prepper, but how long have the people been vanishing in that house? I thought people had been vanishing in that house since before the Cold War. No, no. Okay. It's been since, I think, the 40s, something like that, or 50s, when it was really big into, you know, better red, better dead than red and all that stuff that um, you hear all the time from back yeah. in the day. That's crazy. You hear about these people that find bomb shelters in their backyards that have just been long forgotten about because, you know, the... It was a previous owner three owners ago that had it and knew about it. And then oh it just gets grown over and kind of lost to history. And people find those still in their yards. Um, did you ever know anyone with a bomb shelter? No, because I, I think the big scare was more in the 50s. <clears throat> so, and I wasn't around then. You didn't know anyone that built a house in the 50s. Well, yeah, I don't think I know anyone that's owned a. Oh, you know what, though? I actually know someone right now that their house is bomb proof. And it was uh, it was like some crazy survivalist guy. Yeah, there's a house in this neighborhood that's bomb proof. Oh, yeah. You tell me about that. Yeah. The whole place is uh, poured concrete like a parking garage. And then it's just made to look like a regular house. But if you go into the basement, no, it's like you're inside of a parking garage inside of it. So Cool. I don't know. I People get scared. I guess if you need a house strong enough that a, to survive that bomb, do you really want to survive that bomb? That's just it. What's the world going to be like, you know? How long are you going to have to be in that basement before you're able to come out and not die of radiation sickness? <laughs> exactly. Like, shit's going to suck. I'd rather just get blown into the wind, you know, like Sarah Connor, <laughs> than, <laughs> than have to struggle it out like World War Z. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or what's that show that you watched uh, with the zombies in the nuclear apocalypse? Z Nation. Z Nation. Yeah, so that you get hit with nuclear radiation and zombies at the same time. Perfect mix. And zombies that are radiated, so you really have to avoid those puppies. <laughs> That's crazy. Are they? They're just pulling that out of video games now. I think probably, probably. Um, I think Borderlands is kind of that <laughs> scenario. All right. What was the death count on this episode? 
On this episode, we just had one, and it was Corbett. Well, then we got all the other previous missing people, but we don't know about them. Right. We're assuming they're dead, but for within the current time period, Corbett was the only death. And the day-night count, it's just two, right? They catch them on the first night, and then they go back the second night. Or is it all in one night? It's all in one night. It all has to happen on uh, February 20th. Yeah, yeah. They are all checking on this right night. Yeah, it's one day. Okay. Well, we don't know when they filmed the intro to Ghostfacers, and we don't know how long it took for them to put it oh, all together. Oh, yeah, that's where, true. Where Sam and Dean were watching the finished product. Oh, that was three. Yeah, you're going to spend four or five months in post-production <laughs> for those uh, for that high-quality intro. And, I, uh, I doubt they spent that long in post-production. No, you could whip that up in an afternoon uh, in Adobe Premiere. <laughs> it was pretty cheesy. Okay, so that's fun. Uh, what's our next episode? Season 3, episode 14. It's called Long Distance Call. Spooky. You know, it's spooky as I have to get up again and let a dog in. <laughs> These dogs are tearing you apart today. They know you need to exercise your shoulder. That's why they want you to get up and open and close the door all the time. Well, then I got up to open the door and they were distracted <laughs> by a bird and or squirrel, so they all went running away. I love that move. They scratch on the door, then when you get up and go and open it, they've walked off and they're looking in a different direction. Well, they are jerks. Yeah, round them up. So, just a reminder, we have a Facebook group called Armchair Hunters. Come on over and say hi. We have a website, coupleofidgets.com, with all of our contact info there, all of our episodes, and you can even comment on each episode. Uh, we stream on all the big platforms, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, and things of that nature. I think that's all for now until we talk to you tomorrow. That's all we have right now. Have a great day. Bye.